months ago, my wife and I were sharing a meal with some good friends. All three of our families had been members of the same congregation several years before, but we'd all moved on different places. Our kids had grown up. What we discovered together was that all of our kids had drifted away from public worship. One could easily say, oh, they're just young adults adrift for a while. But the striking thing for each of us adults, all six of us, what we shared together as older couples now is that we really struggled with the thought that our grown kids were not in worship. Each of the next generations of our families were away for differing reasons. Well, moms and dads out there, grandpas and grandmas, any of you have those same feelings, similar worries? You know it's not a good feeling when your loved ones become apathetic towards the church gathered. In much of my work, and I'm sure that of our guest with us today, with our work in the church over the last years, we've encountered a sort of a general fear and sentiment among congregation members that our congregations seem to be dwindling. They're getting smaller, and that maybe brings a new kind of fear for us. But thank goodness our discussion topic today is with a leader in evangelism, in witness, and outreach. This is the Family Shield Ministries radio and podcast program. Welcome, welcome, dear friends, to another episode and conversation. I'm Pastor Mark Frith, chairman of the Family Shield Ministry Board, and today's guest host in place of K. Meyer, guest host for the Family Shield Radio and Podcast Network. Thank you for being a part of the Family Shield family, where we continue to remind you and one another to put the whole armor of God on. Our special guest today is also the author of a new book titled Meaningful Outreach, an Essential Guide for Churches. He is the Reverend Dr. Mark Wood. He's a native of Illinois, a resident of Arizona. Dr. Wood is a former parish pastor and a church planter, currently the director of the Witness and Outreach Ministry for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. He also wears another hat for our church body, the Director of Revitalization Initiative. Dr. Wood is a family man. He's married to Mary Ellen and celebrates with her the joy of having five children, seven grandchildren, and he just told me now five great-grandchildren. Dr. Wood, welcome to the Family Shield program. Well, thanks. It's great to be back. Uh, Always a joy to be working with Family Shield. Well, we love having you. Dr. Wood, you have quite a resume as a churchman, a scholar, a pastor, before all of this, you had the vo- uh, a vocation outside of serving the church as a pastor and a pastoral leader. Can you tell us a little bit about that vocation and those experiences and how they may help you today in ministry? Sure. Uh, it's one of those things where, you know, God is at work in your life in ways that you could never anticipate uh, being used for ministry. I served in the Air Force for six years, and that's what got me out to Arizona in the first place. Okay. Loved it here, so I decided to stay. Got out of the Air Force, went to work for Motorola, and ended up becoming a subject matter expert in project management systems, which taught me a lot about process, uh, adult training, presentation skills, uh, developing materials, uh, a lot of of very useful skills that once I was ordained and serving full-time in ministry, I thought, well, I'll never use those again. (laughs) And God laughed and said, no, I I had a purpose in all that. So I appreciate so, uh, yeah, that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that you had uh, were with Motorola. My father-in-law worked for Motorola for several years yeah. in Arizona, as a matter of fact. Oh, 
It might have been one of the 25,000 other employees exactly. that I passed in the hallway. So. Well, well, that's fun. We'll have to commiserate on that a little bit later on. But, well, very good. So um, that's just interesting to me how the Lord will take uh, a person from one vocation and then call them and direct them into this. And so thank you for uh, those gifts. Dr. Wood, our mission at Family Shield is to connect with family members, maybe especially with family members who are trying to help loved ones who have, it seems, drifted away uh, from the church. and They're inclined less to lean into the Lord Jesus Christ. So one of the joys of your bio is that you've got quite a family. Uh, generations are following you. Would you tell us a little bit about your family so we can appreciate you and Mary Ellen and that family? Because we are the Family Shield Network. We want to know a little bit more about you. Well, we, we have been blessed with uh, extensive family. Uh, you know, as we speak today, my mother is visiting us from Wisconsin. Oh. So not hard to get people to visit you when you live in Arizona. Uh, yes. <laughs> my, my in-laws live nearby. Uh but most of our family scattered around the country. Our five kids are in uh, Georgia, Texas, one here in uh, Arizona, and another up in Seattle. So our grandkids are scattered around too. So it's, you know, I think we are experiencing what, what is very typical among American families. You know, we're, we're spread out, and we're it's hard to keep contact. I think that's part of the drifting away issue that we see in the church. And we've certainly experienced that. It's heavy on our hearts mm. that our adult children are not active in the Lutheran church, that we have unbaptized grandchildren oh. and great-grandchildren. And what we've learned from our own personal experiences, keep that relationship going. Don't, don't threaten the relationship by becoming overbearing or nagging or insisting but uh, trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, these our children are baptized. God has laid his claim on them. Mm-hmm. He does not give up on his baptized children. Yes. Uh, look for the opportunities to be there for them, to be encouraging. Mm-hmm. And of course, live out your faith in a way that uh, is attractive to your children. You know, so, so some of the things we've learned ourselves, uh, we certainly haven't done it all perfectly. Uh, but we learn from our mistakes too, don't we? We do. I really appreciate uh, your transparency in that. Um, When you're a parish pastor and then a a leader of pastors as you are, um, I hate to say it, but it's good to hear that uh, your family is real as the rest of ours and um, how you fight the good fight of faith, but you cherish and you treasure. And so I think it just makes, uh, even like your book, even more meaningful. Uh, So thank you for sharing a little bit about your family. We'll continue to keep you all even in our prayers. So we're catching up with you after reading your latest book. It's entitled Meaningful Outreach, An Essential Guide for Churches. In a moment, I'm gonna ask you why you wrote this book But first, tell us why you personally are passionate about evangelism and witness, because you are a leader in this area for a pretty significant church body. It's an interesting journey. When I think back on how did God work all these things out in my life, you know, my family as that I grew up in in Illinois was, you know, marginally church. We, my joke is that we were always in church when there was one of us in confirmation. And my saving grace is that there were six of us. So there's a lot of confirmation going on. So. 
But unfortunately, confirmation was sort of seen as graduation. Yes. And after I was confirmed, I, I stopped being active in the church and really left the church. Though I, I wouldn't say I left the faith. I left the church completely okay. and wandered into some, you know, major life errors, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that those problems that developed in my life really were the impetus for coming back to the church. But I had a, I had a struggle getting back Okay, because um, I was in the Air Force by then and I was trying out all these different things. You know, I lived in a Mormon community, mm-hmm. so I checked into that. Oh, okay. By God's grace, uh, didn't end up in Mormon church. You know, mm-hmm. I went to Baptist church and charismatic churches and, you know, with my friends and the people I served in the Air Force with. And all these churches left me with the understanding that I had to live up to a certain standard. Mm-hmm. And I had already blown that. I mean, I, I had already made a lot of mistakes and couldn't live up to that standard. So as as things worked out, I, I had to go away for a month for technical training in uh, Mississippi. And I had this Bible that I had gotten that I'd never read. Okay. And I said, you know, I'm going to read the Bible. And I just started reading Genesis 1-1. Okay. And during that month away, I read quite a bit of the Bible and it came apparent to me what it was that I was looking for and couldn't find elsewhere. And that was grace. Oh. And, and so my journey brought me right back to where I started. You know, the grace I had taken for granted and didn't really understand was now very meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to share that with everybody. Uh, my joke was my joke on that, because I, you know, I tried to be lighthearted in life, not take myself too seriously. Okay. As, uh, I came back to the Lutheran church as a young man on fire for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And my pastor, my Lutheran pastor didn't know what to do with that. He hadn't experienced <laughs> it before. So he put me on the evangelism committee to try to suck all that fervor and excitement out of me. Uh, but that didn't work. I was still pretty excited. Yes. And I started uh, just studying everything I can study on evangelism. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, much of it was not Lutheran. In fact, most of it wasn't. And I got some pretty mixed up ideas that uh, took a long time to sort through. So part of the writing of these books is to share that with people so they don't have to wrestle with those bad ideas about evangelism and instead uh, just work to the good part, you know, get get to the grace, get to sharing good news with people. Because evangelism, you know, it does mean good news, right? Sure. And uh Sharing good news shouldn't be bad news for us. It should be joyful for us. Sure. No, I, I, I appreciate the, uh, again, the personal walk that you had. And, you know, when you say part of your books are that you share, you know, some of the pitfalls and some of the uh, dead ends that you bumped into, that's helpful for us to hear that, to help others maybe to avoid. Sometimes you just have to stumble. But when you can walk with somebody like yourself and to see, that's exceedingly helpful. So why did you write this book, uh, Meaningful Outreach? Yeah, Meaningful Outreach was is a, a book version of a training resource I created for the Synod. Uh, the, the resource is called Connect to Disciple. And it really grew out of uh, my work as a church planter in Florida. Uh, I... I recognized the need for a, a kind of a, what say, a process-based approach to outreach, something that wasn't dependent on the pastor, but something or any other one person or handful of people, but something the whole congregation can work with 
to be intentional about reaching non-church people in the community. Now, the Connected Disciple resources, it's a full-blown workshop and it takes, you know, a lot of time and effort. And it, sometimes it's hard for people to get other people in the congregation excited about the idea of doing such a workshop. So the book was written to give individuals the opportunity to access those resources without having, you know, the overhead, if you will, of an entire workshop. Interesting. So it can be something that um, the average uh, father, mother, uh, member of a church can utilize. Yes, very much. And uh, the same principles are, are in the workshop and connected disciple as are in meaningful outreach. But meaningful outreach, again, it makes it accessible at the individual level. So uh, you don't you don't have to wait to get a group together uh, to have a big workshop. You can you can study it on your own. But there are discussion questions in the book that I think would help a small group of people in the congregation work mm. through the book together. I love that. I want to thank uh, the Reverend Dr. Mark Wood for being our special guest today. And in just a minute, we're going to get back to the conversation with him and actually dig into his latest book, Meaningful Outreach. But let me share why we're here for you at Family Shield. Family Shield Ministries cares about families and their growth in Christ and their articulation of the good news. And he helps to equip them to witness to each other and to the world. The Family Shield radio program is aired on more than 50 stations throughout the United States and also heard by more than 800,000 people each week on many podcast platforms. We also coordinate education and outreach services that serve the individuals and their families. You can find some of those on our website. Today, we want to thank Concordia Lutheran Church in Kirkwood, Missouri, for their mission grant to us to help us with our radio ministry and podcast. Thank you, Concordia members. Your gift is transforming lives through the good news of Jesus Christ. Please consider participating in Family Shield Ministries' Generations Legacy Program and plan, if you will, to leave a gift to help future generations come to know Christ as their Savior and Lord. If you've already put Family Shield Ministry into your will or estate, thank you. Please let us know that you've done so, so that we can recognize you and thank you as we give thanks to the Lord for your gifts to us and unto the world. Well, having said that, did you know, radio audience, that you can give an estate gift without changing your will or estate? Did you know that you can turn a life insurance policy over to the ministry that you no longer need? You might also consider a transfer from your IRA if you're 70 and a half years of age or older. These are just some of the ways that you could bless this ministry by investing in a ministry like ours to bless other people. And having said that, don't forget your own local congregation in such matters as way. We serve as, as a partner to our congregations. We don't do their work. We run in our lane to be a help to families and ministries. So as you can be generous with us as to your own congregation, we give thanks to you. To encourage our radio listeners to support us with a gift from now until the end of the year, we will share the name of that person, family, or congregation, or organization that sends us a gift. So please let us know which station to listen to when you send your gift. You can support us by writing a check and mailing it to us, or by going to the website at familyshieldministries.org. You can give your gift right there, or you can find our mailing address at that place. Hey, this month, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, What is Christmas?, to receive it and to extend that to somebody that you may meet at Christmas services this year. 
Call us at the Family Shield Ministry Resource Center. That's 877-250-8416. I'll give it to you one more time, 877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Let's get back to our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Mark Wood. Pastor Mark, you shared with us earlier why you wrote this book. And to begin to tell us who you wrote this book for, can you tell us classically who you wrote this book for? Sure. The The idea of the book is to equip the members of the congregation, uh, what we, you know, we call the priesthood of believers, mm. you know, uh, rank and file people yes. uh, who God has gathered together into a congregation, put into a community of people, and they're surrounded by non-church people. And, uh, you know, I often repeat this. God has put you in this place at this time for these people. And how do you reach them? Uh, we used to not have much of a problem reaching people. Uh, in our culture, the church was the center of community. Most people had some familiarity with Christianity. It was easy enough just to invite them to come to church. But we live in a different time now where it takes a different approach. It takes a very intentional planning and execution of those plans to engage non-church people in our community. And the old ways, well, they worked in the old days, mm -hmm. uh, but we live in a new time, so we need to take a different approach. And uh, a lot of our generations are being taught to be adversarial towards the church. And so there's that you know, reticence towards that. That's, I think, what you've laid out in, our, in your book could be especially helpful for, like you say, just such a time as this. Well, you broke your book, Meaningful Outreach, into three parts. Can you just give us a high overview of those three parts and help us to appreciate even more why we want that resource? Yeah, the, the first part is about, you know, what is outreach? Because what I found uh, going around the, the country and visiting with congregations, that we don't always have a really good grasp of what outreach is. And and so just starting with some basic definitions and then asking the question, what makes for effective outreach? Uh, part two really gets into the process and tools. As I mentioned, you know, coming from that background, I'm very much a process-oriented person. And I, I like to create what I refer to as useful processes or practical processes and useful tools. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I, I like to also encourage people, you know, learn this process, but then adapt it, make it your own, you know, apply it to your context. It's not, it's not as though this process was handed down on a golden chain from heaven. Uh, so make, make it work for you. And then the third part is creating effective outreach pathways. Those are the actual plans that we create to say, for this particular kind of non-church person in our community, this is our intention, our plan under God's blessing to help them move from where they're at to becoming the disciple of Jesus Christ. And of course, we always we can make our plans, but the Lord will direct our steps. Uh, but it's good to have a plan. It's good to have a plan. Uh, and you lay that out so well in your book. Um, one of the interesting things, you know, I read about a third of the way through my first time reading your book, and I'm going, oh, goodness sakes here, doctor, this is very simple. I mean, I know all this stuff, um, and I'm thinking, where's this going? And uh, that's just me being honest with you. And then as I'm pushing through the second third of this, I'm going, oh, this isn't simplistic. 
Dr. Wood has laid something out very simple, much of which many of us, if you've been around the church for a while, you'll understand. And yet behind that simple way that you lay things out are ideas and thoughts and opportunities that are really quite profound. For instance, chapter four, that was the turning point for me. All right, when I dug in, when the, the, what is the title of chapter four? Understanding the perspective of non-church people. So important. Could you talk a little bit about that? How, do we, how should we be approaching uh, the unchurched or de-churched? Well, the, the advantage, I guess, of having been away from the church in my, as a young man, you know, what, what we refer to as de-churched, I had left the church, is I, I can appreciate their perspective of the church. And uh, a lot of times we don't. We, you know, we, our churches are friendly places. Our, our churches are safe places. Mm-hmm. Our churches are filled with loving people. Yes. Why wouldn't somebody want that? But that's our perspective. Yeah. To the non-church person, they have no idea what's going on in the church. They they don't know the people who make up our congregation. They don't know what we do in the church. Uh, the church is something foreign to them. And to expect them to just make this gigantic leap from you know, not being any part of this church to being an active participant in a church is unrealistic. Now, we don't see that as a giant leap, but the non-church person certainly does. And so when you say to your next door neighbor, well, come worship with me. Sure. Come to church this Sunday. You're asking them to do something that is way outside their frame of reference. Right. And it's extremely uncomfortable to them. And they're very unlikely to act on it. So helpful, you know, to appreciate that. Um, You lay out, uh, what, what did I call these? The three tools. That's, you know, what I remember from this. And so I'll just name that the outreach process, the outreach funnel, and the outreach pathways. Again, I love the simple nature of what you've done with these. Please talk a little bit about these three particular tools that you lay out in your book. Well, the outreach process has has been refined uh, from the days when I started using it as a church planter. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback from congregations that have used Connected Disciples. So that's been helpful to draw on other people's experiences. So it's now in four parts. And the first part is just, you know, creating awareness. We exist. We're here in the community. Sure. Some churches have been in community for decades and people don't even really know that they exist. Right. So how do we create awareness? You know, advertising, marketing, website, all those things. And we're pretty good at that. Most congregations, you know, work at that. Then there's the the next part, which is to create a connection. You know, how, do, yes. how can we connect with the non-church people in our community how can we connect with them in a way that allows us to continue contact with them? And I have stories in the book about how I, how I learned that the hard way, sure. but uh, <laughs> we all, we've all struggled with this. How do we continue contact with people who come to our events and make use of our services? And then the, the toughest part of this whole process, I think for, for us as Lutherans is the nurture relationships part. Uh, we, we, we struggle with this on a couple levels. One is um, we kind of leave it to other people to do that. We have those few gregarious, extroverted people in our right. congregation that never met a stranger, right? Yeah, we'll just let them do that. But or we'll expect the pastor to be the relationship master of the congregation. Well, the problem with that, those approaches, those relationships then become individuals. Uh, they're person dependent, and when that person leaves for one reason or another all the relationships are lost. 
So we need to look at ways of broadening those relationships so they're with the congregation at large, yes. not just specific people. Uh, those used to come very naturally for us, again, as you know, the church was the center of community and right. people did have you know, community relationships. But now we, we live in a culture where people are very individualistic and isolated from one another. So really important part of the process. And then the, um, the final part is make disciples. And that's, that's the part we're really, really good at as Lutherans, bringing people into God's word, letting the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does mm -hmm. in making disciples of Jesus. So that process becomes the basis of the outreach funnel, which is an adaptation of a secular tool called the sales funnel. Uh, and then finally, you know, we get to the pathway, which is putting that plan together. It says, how do we help people move through that process or through the funnel, if you will? And uh, so those are the pieces that make up the, the book and the Connected Disciple Workshop. Well, thank you for that. I appreciated what you did taking uh, the, the motif of the funnel. And you, you're going to want to read uh, Dr. Mark's book. And when he talks about um, tipping the funnel on its side, uh, I, there, he, his teaching on that is especially helpful um, when he says, you know, the, the problem with the vertical funnel is that if you put everything in there, it's got to come out the bottom. But that's not life. And so what Dr. Mark teaches on this is just very helpful. Um, and uh, it might just, you know, as, as you suggested, gathering people together. We'll certainly making witnessing and outreach uh, with your congregation so much more. I don't want to use the word, I would just, I'll use it palatable, but it is, shouldn't be as challenging. And don't take so much upon your shoulders. Don't load yourself up with the law saying, I, this is something I need to do. I think you articulate that as well. I would encourage everyone to buy this book, uh, especially those of you who are part of a leadership team in your congregation, of course. But one could really adapt it for use in your family living in a neighborhood. If you desire to be a Christian witness in your neighborhood, you'll be blessed by Dr. Wood's roadmap of sorts, but also by the devotional way that he writes and his use of scripture. Now, maybe you want to buy it and share it with your pastor as a gift. Maybe you want to share it with him and maybe one better, ask him to work through it with you and a few of your fellow Christians. I think Dr. Mark would appreciate that. Uh, pastors, we all love books, but to be invited to read it and share some of that with uh, you as parishioners is something that he would simply love. I wish we had more time to visit with uh, Dr. Mark today. Thank you, Dr. Mark Wood, for being our guest. We pray your blessings upon you and your family. Uh, we encourage you to consider Radio Audience to purchase Dr. Wood's book at cph.org or at amazon.com. You'll find it there. Meaningful Outreach, an Essential Guide for Churches. That's all the time we have for today. Visit us after the program at familyshieldministries.com. And as always, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The Lord be with you this blessed Advent and Christmas season. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in his word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.